recently I met the Snoop Dogg of audio fiction. You don't know what I mean about this? Well, stick around and find out. Welcome to Earth Stories. I don't do a lot of interviews, but when you run across a person that's multi-talented, that's involved in so many other people's podcasts, then you make an exception. The exception to the rule is Jessica Burson. Have you heard of her? You probably have. She's on Echoes in Between and her latest, Regina Prime. She's also on my show as well, including The Raven Queen, where she played the villain. So sit back, relax, put on your headgear, take out your number two pencil, and learn from the genius herself, Jessica Burson. Thank you so very much, Jessica, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. I'm out here in Ottawa, Canada. Where are you? I'm in Chicago, Illinois. It's my first time speaking to a person from Chicago. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm such a big fan of yours. I've, I've been telling my son. <laughs> <laughs> I said to my son, Elijah, that Jessica has one of the best voices Thank you so much. That means a lot. Your voice is just so incredible. And the material that you have on your shows is, is rich, is dynamic. My first time hearing you was on Echoes in Between. I was so amazed. I talked to my son often about, about the show. And I said to him, you know what? I'm going to reach out to Jessica. And as soon as I said that, I said, well, that's ridiculous. Jessica is so incredible. And I just have this little podcast in Ottawa. How She's not going to listen to me. <laughs> she's not going to pay attention. But I just thought I will just reach out to you to see if you want to be on the show. And when you said yes, I was, I was so blown away. Oh, that makes me so happy. I actually, I knew of you before you reached out. I had binged all of Keith's the first episode of episodes. And I remembered listening to your episode. So you weren't a, a total stranger when you reached out. I knew who you were. <laughs> and with your show, Echoes in Between, is such, I've never heard a podcast like that. And I bet I'm not the only one that said that as well. I listen to tons of audio fiction and I'm very particular when it comes to, to fiction. A lot of them, they just don't grab me. I listen, but like yours, right from the first episode. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Echoes In Between podcast, where we will be exploring what echoes in between our memories of the past. I am Gemma Avitz, one half of your dynamic hosting team, and my co-host here beside me... Um, <laughs> Should I introduce you or would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hello, I am Thomas Font. And we are going to be your guides through what we hope will be a pretty eye-opening journey for all of us. What was the, the, the motivation for Freckles in Between? It was kind of organically formed with me and my former creative partner just kind of bouncing ideas back and forth. We knew we 
wanted to do an audio drama and we wanted to find a story that utilized audio in the most ways that we could think of. And so the the story had to be centered around sound. It had to be incorporating a lot of different elements. And that was the basis of where we started. We just kind of brainstormed a bunch of ideas and I put them all into a Google Doc and sort of sorted through them. And we came up with what was ultimately the plot of Echoes. And with the plot, if you could explain it in a nutshell to my listeners. At its core, Echoes in Between is the story of a friendship between Gemma and Thomas, who were college buddies and are now in their mid-30s and kind of hitting roadblocks in their lives. They decided to start a podcast as just kind of something to do in the interim. In the course of doing that podcast, they get sucked into this wider mystery that ties back to a large world event that happened when they were children. On the fourth episode, I believe, you you broke the fourth wall. Elsie, stop. It's just me. I was starting to worry about you, kiddo. It's been getting late. Sorry, Dad. <sighs> Podcast went a little longer than expected. Everything okay? Yeah, totally fine. Things just got a little intense, and we decided to break for a bit before we wrapped up. Where's Louise? Well, I sent her home. No reason for her to have to stay just because you were running late. She has a family of her own, you know. I don't like you being by yourself. Oh, for Pete's sake, I'm fine. I've literally just been sitting here watching the Twins game since she left. I am perfectly capable of fending for myself for an hour or two. I know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to imply you're helpless. I just worry with your mobility decreasing and the cognitive stuff and... Even Louise, who is a medical professional, need I remind you, was fine leaving me alone for a little while. It's MS, honey, not dementia. I get it. You can stop with the guilt. I think I paused your show for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. It freaked me out and I rewinded it. It was an out-of-body experience because right in the show, it, it flipped. Everything changed. And then and then I wasn't sure what I was listening to anymore. <laughs> it started off as an investigation type of show, like a documentary. And then the sound followed you to your home and to his home. What made you decide on that or to go that route? We realized pretty quickly that sticking to just keeping that framework of the podcast within the podcast was going to limit us quite a bit. The big inspiration behind that switch was WandaVision. Fact check. WandaVision is the first TV show set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The series combines MCU action with riffs on classic sitcoms and sees magic-wielding Sokovian Avenger Wanda Maximoff and the synthetic, thought-dead Avenger Vision settling down for suburban life in the town of Westview. Naturally, not all is as it seems. And as the show has developed, its sitcom facade has crumbled to reveal some more disturbing goings-on in the town, as well as hinting at wider implications for the MCU at large. The first couple episodes, it's all based in that retro sitcom parody. And then at some point, it expands out and you see the rest of the world. And I wanted to do something like that. That was sort of our idea was keep the first couple episodes in this format of a podcast, which everybody's very familiar with. And just as they're getting comfortable, pull the rug out. <laughs> and hopefully that would keep everybody hooked. 
It did. That was the best hook I've ever heard for a show. It definitely pulled me in. And Twitter was just buzzing about your show. And then came to a surprising turn of events in, in real life outside of the podcast. It, it abruptly ended. When it ended, I thought it was a part of the show. <laughs> I would love to have that, for that to have been the case. <laughs> you and your partner went separate ways, but I'm like, okay, Jessica is just pulling, pulling another rug from my feet. <laughs> and then for weeks, literally for weeks, I said, okay, okay, gig is up. Come on now. You're, you're not really breaking up the show. Oh, I wish I was that smart. <laughs> I thought it was a marketing ploy. Yeah. Such a successful show. Really, it was moving up in the ratings. What happened? Unfortunately, I was not the one who broke it up. My partner was. He had a lot of stressors in his life at the time and decided that I was part of the stressors that he could get rid of. So he told me he wanted to step down from the show. And it was at a time where I was going through a lot of personal trouble. My mother was in ill health. My dog had just passed away. There was a lot of stuff I was dealing with and I didn't take it very well. And the longer it sat in, the worse things got. He started asking for his name to be taken off of things because he just didn't want to be associated with the show for some reason. He made it clear to me that he did not want the show to continue without him. Later on, we did talk about that and we came to an understanding on that front. Eventually, I would like to carry on the show and that will require remaking the first season without him. He did all of the sound design, all of the music, and he also played Thomas, who is one of the main characters. Theoretically, I could just continue it from where it left off on my own, but I don't feel right about that, about continuing asking someone else to copy his style as well to follow on from where we left off. What I'll have to do eventually is remake the first season with someone else doing the sound, doing the music, and someone else voicing Thomas so that then I can continue that story as planned. Because we had four seasons totally planned before he stepped away. It was heartbreaking. It really felt like a divorce for a while there. I've been following your tweets after the, the aftermath of the show, and it's definitely like a divorce. You had a, a lot of raw emotions at the time. It came down to a fact that he and I just ultimately weren't compatible as people. I'm very emotional. I'm very open and honest about things I'm feeling in the moment. And he is very reserved. He's very guarded. And he didn't want to talk things through. I did. And so it just frustrated me the longer it, it went on until I was finally able to make myself let go. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's difficult. I mean, you had four seasons all laid out. Mm-hmm. And just to restart the show, I can't imagine the hard work that must be to do that again. Neither can I, which is why I haven't done it yet. <laughs> the fact that so many of those ideas that worked so well in the plot did come from him, you know, full credit to him. Things like the sharing of memories. That was his idea. You know, there was little things like that throughout the whole story that he very much contributed to. It feels weird to want to continue on without him because 
so much of it did stem from him. It's what I have to do now because he just doesn't want any involvement anymore. And he's got his reasons. And I've accepted that I will never fully understand them. <laughs> it's too bad that he didn't confide in you those reasons. That was part of my frustration with him was I came to the conclusion that I was, I thought we were very close friends, that we had grown very close in the short time we'd known each other. And to find out that he did not regard me in the same way was part of the devastation of losing that project. It was also losing his friendship and understanding that I didn't mean as much to him as he meant to me. Yeah, I guess he had his own demons that he was working out, but he was just wasn't willing enough to, to let you know about those things. How did you get together? We met online. I wanted to do an audio fiction podcast for ages and ages, but I just didn't quite have the sound design skills to be able to pull it off on my own. So I started going into some spaces on Reddit, on Twitter, just looking for advice, looking for somebody who could help out with very basic stuff. I had posted somewhere asking, can someone help me make this sound better? And he popped into my DMs and said, Hi, I do sound for a living. If you want some help, let me know. And we struck it off immediately. We became just really good friends and bonded very, very quickly over the course of a few months. And it was, I mean, I was talking to him every single day, multiple times a day in some instances. I finally said, You and I have these perfectly overlapping skill sets. If we combined forces, I think we could make a really cool podcast. And he agreed. That was how we started off with Echoes. We met in June of 2021, and we were making Echoes by November. And did you sit down with him to write it, or did you write the whole thing? I wrote all the scripts. He and I brainstormed most of the plot together, and then I set everything into a timeline and wrote up episode summaries and character sheets to give background to some of the characters and stuff and sent those off to him. He read them, gave me feedback. And then I sat down and wrote the scripts. We had 12 episodes total in our first season. All of them were around 20 to 30 minutes long. As I wrote each script, I sent it off to him for feedback and then I'd make adjustments accordingly. When it comes to partnering up with somebody else, is there any warning signs? Is there any lessons that you've learned from this experience? It's hard for me to tell people don't rely on a partner because when it works, it's so wonderful. And you you get to explore worlds from someone else's point of view. There definitely were warning signs in my situation that I willfully ignored because I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. I would say the biggest thing is just set boundaries right off the bat. If you're not comfortable being a personal friend to someone and they're getting a little bit too intimate for you, set that boundary. Say, you know, I really love working with you, but I don't have the mental space to be an emotional crutch for you right now. So is it okay if we just keep this a professional relationship? And if you establish that boundary right up front, then I think you're, you're fine. That's mostly what I wish he had done, is establish that boundary with me instead of 
trying to comfort me when he wasn't comfortable himself. Yeah, yeah, that's a good lesson. I remember working with somebody on my show, and this this lady was getting a little bit too personal, and I was trying to set some boundaries by giving her little hints here and there that some of the material that she wanted to share with me, her own her own stories, her own poems, was a little bit too intimate. It's something that she should just share with the man that she loves, right? And she knows that I'm a married man. And then it just got a little bit weird. She wanted to send me down a bottle of champagne all the way from California. And she wanted to do all of these things. And then it's probably because I put up some kind of a, of a resistance to it. All of a sudden, it just went really weird. And also, she wasn't open for, for advice. She, she said, Read over my stories and let me know what you think. So I did let her know, but she didn't like the things that I said. And she took offense to it. And that's a big thing with me is like, if you're asking for feedback, you have to be accepting of it. If you want praise for your work through validation from another person, that's also valid. You can ask for that if that's what you want. But if you want feedback, then ask for that. If you want praise, ask for that. That's my thing. <laughs> exactly. What got you involved in podcasting? Was this always your passion or did you think about writing stories instead of fictional novels? I actually have written novels. I think I have three finished novels just kind of sitting there doing nothing. And my background is in playwriting. So I'm very used to scripting dialogue. My somewhat professional career is voice acting as well. So my two favorite things to do, acting and writing, seem to combine well for a podcast. And I'd been wanting to do it for a while. I talked about various projects with friends that nothing ever came to fruition. And I sort of started taking little story snippets that I had, very similar to what you've done with Welcome to Earth Stories, and making these little audio soundscapes out of them. But I was just posting them for friends. I think I posted a few on YouTube and nothing happened with them. So that was where I got to the point where I knew I needed to up my sound design skills and my sound editing skills. Yeah, you've, you've really upped the game. It's just incredible the things that you're producing. For myself, I enjoy writing stories like the, tr the traditional way. I prefer audio dramas. Do you feel the same way or would you go back to trying to get your writing published? Right now, I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing in the audio drama world. The publishing world is very, very hard to break into. With podcasting, there is little to no gatekeeping. If you have a thing, you can easily release it. You can either have a budget of zero or a budget of infinity, and you'll make a thing that has an equal chance of being discovered. That really appeals to me. It's a very unfiltered medium as of right now. You can put out anything you want. And I love that, that boundless freedom. I definitely agree. I, I like that freedom as well. And for myself, I can't really see myself going back to how I used to do things. I'm having a spinoff of Welcome to Earth Stories. This is my first time mentioning it, mentioning it on this show. Ooh. And that one is going to be a little bit more intimate, more personal, 
not really sci-fi. It's going to have very experimental stories. And I've already produced seven of those episodes. So I'm waiting until I get to about nine or ten and then put it out. Experimental Stories by York Campbell We are about to start the experiment. Put on your headphones, pull the blanket over your head, and let's begin. Exciting. I'm really excited to hear that. Back in the day, in the hip-hop days, there were some rappers like Snoop Dogg and Busta Rhymes. They were always in other people's songs. When you performed on my show, I thought it was exclusive. And I said, wow, Jessica's on my show. I feel special. <laughs> but then I was browsing through my, my, my phone randomly. And then, wait a second. Jessica is on another show? <laughs> you broke my heart. Aww. And then I heard you in, in, in a different show. Wait. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't exclusive. <laughs> uh, you became the Snoop Dogg of, of audio dramas. <laughs> I got to the point where I had a lot of people like you approaching, just asking if I would do some small little part in their thing. And when I first jumped into the community... I decided I was going to say yes to anything that I could possibly do that didn't, you know, hugely conflict with my personal morals. Because having experience in acting All right, quiet on the set. is not super common amongst the indie scene. Not to pat myself on, on my own back, but I have experience acting and I wanted to, to share that with other people's productions. Wherever I could lend my expertise, I was happy to. Oh, yeah. And what you did on The Raven Queen was just incredible. Oh, I really liked that one. When I was putting that together, I contacted you deliberately. I said, no, there's no one else that could pull off The Raven Queen like Jessica Burson. There's no one else that could do it. You brought so much energy to the character. Thank you. That was a really fun one. And also you did another one that's a solo project. It was it was on my show. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Rush of Rush of Warmth. Rush of Warmth, yeah. Cold is all I am. My veins are rivers of ice. My hair is spun from the same crystals that make up the snowflakes. My skin is frosted marble. And the accent, I'm not sure if it was deliberate, but the accent that you put on the main character was dynamite. It was to perfection. Thank you. With your new show, Regina Prime. Regina Prime is a sci-fi podcast with some dark themes that listeners may find disturbing. Complete content warnings can be found in our show notes. Listener discretion is advised. I started listening to it. I'm all caught up on everything so far. You take chances. You're one of those creators that you don't play it safe at all. With Echoes in Between and also Regina Prime, you could have just told a straightforward story with not too many left turns. You didn't do that at all. And you really lose the audience deliberately so that we could find you or you could find back your audience again, if that makes sense. I like that about you. I apologize for your unpleasant dining experience. I will strive to do better next time. Yeah, yeah. 
Cue up Regina Prime video number seven, 15 minute, 32 second mark. The one thing I'm surprised not to see is graffiti. I don't think I've ever been in an abandoned building that didn't have at least some graffiti on the walls. I like that about so Regina Prime. It's, it's challenging. I had to re-listen to two of the episodes before I listened to the third one. Stuff. I don't think I need to talk about that. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. Hell, I used to hang out in places like this when I was a teenager, too. But that's a good thing. These days, people don't want to be challenged. They just want everything easy. It's good to have a mix. You know, it, I look at it the same way as nutrition. If you have a plate full of vegetables every single meal, you're going to be miserable. You need that cotton candy every once in a while. I, I try to do a mix, you know, of stuff that's going to make you think, but also stuff that you can kind of passively absorb. But at the same time, I want to curate a curious audience. And so that's why I deliberately set up stories the way that I've got them set up is I want the people who do listen for those details, who go back and listen to an episode, be like, wait a minute, she said something here that applied to the episode that just aired. Especially with Regina, the episodes are so short that I don't feel bad making people do that. <laughs> I was going to talk to you about that. Some of the episodes are 10 minutes long. I know from a production point of view for my shows, some of my episodes are 10 or 12 minutes. It could take me the whole week at times. Oh, yeah. Just to produce a 12-minute episode for at least eight hours. I, I did one show. It was only 12 minutes, and it took eight hours. How come you made them so short? Mostly because I am still learning on the, the sound side for Regina. I do everything. I write it. I perform it. I edit it. I compose the music. I knew I wanted to do everything from scratch, so I didn't want to make it too difficult on myself. I set the early goal of 10 minutes per episode, 10 to 15 minutes per episode, just to make things a little bit easier on myself. Yeah, that's good. And with the production, have you recorded them all already? No. All of the first season are written. I have 10 episodes in total that are going to be a part of the first season. I have one through six complete right now. Episode four is the current release that goes up this coming Tuesday, which is Tuesday the 18th is when episode four will come out. And right before we started this call, I'm actually in the process of editing episode seven. That's as far as I'm up to with recording. But I purposefully set the episodes two weeks apart to make sure I was giving myself plenty of time to get everything up and ready. Yeah, I used to do your style of production and I found it a, a headache. I really did because I was recording all the time. So what I did is I took the 10 episodes that, that I've written and I just recorded them all. I recorded all 10. I even did all the show notes and I got all the artwork all together so that when it comes time to produce less stress, I just hit the publish button. And that's what we did for Echoes, too. We recorded and mixed and edited everything up front. By the time we released the first episode, I think everything except for a few little tweaks was done. We were ready to go. With Regina, where this is a project that I'm using for a multitude of reasons, one of which is healing from the wounds that I was left with after, after Echoes. 
I sort of wanted to stretch it out for that reason, because I wanted a project that was going to occupy my brain so that I wasn't sinking into those darker thoughts again. Yeah, that's good. I like the fact that you mentioned healing. That's what I do with my with my show, especially the spinoff. That one is healing. Uh, that one, I could just throw crazy things in and see what happens. And I'm not too bothered about the audience liking it. I think that every fiction podcaster should have an experimental feed. It's really nice to have a place where you can just put ideas and not have to worry about the larger picture of things, that you can just have fun doing what you love and not have to market everything. <laughs> Did you feel pressure with your with Echoes in Between? The pressure when it comes to marketing it and getting the word out? One of my past lives, I was a, a food writer for 10 years. That started from a love of writing and the culinary arts and ended up being completely about marketing. And that was when I kind of lost interest in it. And so I wasn't real excited about that side of things, but I knew it was necessary. That was an instance where having a partner came in handy because he was so talented and I wanted to show off his talents. So it motivated me to do what I knew had to be done marketing-wise. I've been much more lax about it with Regina Prime, so I don't have that external motivation. I'm hoping to do a little bit more pushing of that once I've got the entire season edited. Explain to my listeners what Regina Prime is. Regina Prime is, on the surface, about a YouTuber who does urban exploring, and she has released videos filming herself exploring an abandoned chemical lab that closed in the late 90s, early 2000s. But there are two other plot lines that are kind of happening simultaneously uh, that span different time periods. One has been hinted at already in episode three, and the other one is just about to be expanded on in the upcoming episode, in episode four. Yeah, there's some really dark elements to it. I know that you you put uh, a listener discretion at the beginning. The voice character that you, that you give Regina is really, really, really good. Is there any other voice actors in this? No, Regina Prime is entirely me. I struggled with how to do that because I have a pretty distinctive vocal tone that doesn't always translate well to character voices. I kind of went heavy-handed uh, with it and differentiated a lot of the characters either with accents or with editing tricks. So there's a, a computer character. We just call her System. And I put a lot of filters over her voice, so she's very differentiated from the, the humans who are speaking. Because when I was listening to it, there was, I'm not sure what episode, I said, oh, okay, so she's, she's using another another voice actor for this part, but... Oh, that reminds me. If you guys uh, haven't seen them already, I've got about 15 videos on this channel of different places I've been, and you can go and watch those after you watch this one. Um, I, last year, I did this one where I snuck into a But it's all you. That's... It's all me, yeah. <laughs> it must be way less stressful. Because it's just you, right? 
It's just you on the microphone. You don't have to wait for anyone for their files, and you don't. It's it's just on your own time. Yeah, and that's exactly what I wanted from this project was just something that I had complete control over that I could use as both a healing mechanism and a learning mechanism to be able to tackle bigger projects as I keep going. Where do you see yourself in the future with all of your with all of your skills and talents? I really hope to just kind of continue doing this audio drama thing because I very much enjoy it and it utilizes my two favorite skill sets, which is my acting and my writing. I would love to work on some bigger productions again and uh, work with more people. And just I just love being a part of this audio drama community. It's so supportive and open. You know, I've got a very diverse group of friends that I've made over the last two years in this community, and I wouldn't trade them for the world at this point. Oh, well, that's that's great. I mean, and some people will look at this and say, well, where is the money? Jessica, show me the money. <laughs> where, how are you getting paid, Jessica? <laughs> Flash those Benjamins, baby. Is that a concern for you? It would be great if I could make money doing this, but it's not my top priority. Like I said before, the marketing side of it is just very soul killing to me. I would absolutely love it if this was my full-time gig, if I could devote all of my time every single day to making an audio drama. I don't realistically see that happening because even with the bigger shows that are out there, I've spoken to a lot of the bigger creators and even they have a hard time making that their full-time gig. It would be awesome, but I don't see it happening. I'm happy to just keep this. I don't want to call it a hobby. Don't call it a hobby. Because that almost belittles the quality of it. But keeping this my side project, I guess, to my more professional stuff that I do get paid for. I don't like calling it a hobby either. I know that there's these um, podcasters and they say, hey, it's okay to call it a hobby, but I, it always rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, it, it diminishes it somehow. It's, it's a passion, not a hobby. Yes, I'd rather call it a passion. When you're not podcasting and doing incredible things, what do you do for your leisure time? When I need a break from writing and recording, I have a bunch of little silly actual hobbies. I am really into nail art. Fact check. The exact origin of nail treatments is unclear since they appear to have originated in different parts of the world around the same time. In ancient Egypt, from 5000 to 3000 BC, women would dye their nails with henna to indicate social status and seductiveness. Women of the lower class wore pastel and neutral shades, while the upper classes wore deep, bright shades. In Babylonia, 3200 BC, men, not women, painted their nails with black and green coal, an ancient cosmetic, to prepare for war. I make miniatures. I do all kinds of just very strange little arts and crafts projects. I make soap and I make little resin sculptures, all kinds of things. Wow, you're, you're really busy. Gotta keep those the, the brain cells firing at all times. I'm looking forward to hearing you again on my on my podcast. You're doing the this little bit of a spoiler here, but the season finale includes you. That's 
and you sound phenomenal. I look forward to everything that you put out. Thank you so much. And thank you for always being so supportive of the, the work we've done on Echoes and the work I'm doing now. It's it's truly meant a lot to me, York, and it's my honor to be on Welcome to Earth Stories whenever you want me. Well, thank you. And thank you for being a fabulous Earthling. Thank you. You take care. Thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode with Jessica Burson. If you'd like to get a hold of her, you could go on my website, welcometoearthstories.com. All of her detailed information is right there. Also, don't forget to listen to her podcast, Regina Prime, and her other one, Echoes in Between. Thanks again for listening. Stay tuned for more episodes. And remember, be kind to each other. Be a good earthling. And I'll talk to you soon. Welcome to Earth Stories is written and produced by York Campbell. To prove your loyalty, share this episode with your fellow earthlings. Also, stay away from the purple peels and avoid strange objects.